Uh, we are back together. Uh, we, you notice we don't have music. Did you want to hum something? <laughs> like I've always <laughs> thought of that. We don't. We never include a you know an opening title. There's some of these podcasts are so polished, right? They got big deep voice guy, and they spend a little money, and uh, and then uh, they do a nice intro. But we don't have that. We just start. Let's yeah. Let's not do that one off the cuff. But let me think about that. Okay. I think a nice, like a nice Eddie Van Halen riff or something like that would be <laughs> yeah. good. No, that'll be cheap, <laughs> right? We'll be able to pick that up for next to nothing. Um, what do you want to talk about, he asked, somewhat knowingly. Well, then there's probably a bunch of things we could talk about. I mean, <laughs> we, you and I were both involved in the... In the Hitman Wrestling yep. event a couple we weeks ago. Sure we sure were. We could talk about we that. We sure were. Um, I'm not really sure what we would talk about, though, as far as well, other than okay. just our mutual admiration yeah, but for the whole thing. What I, liked, what I liked about it was the kind of the behind-the-scenes component to it, yeah, right? Yeah, that was uh, fun. From that standpoint, uh, for those who don't know, uh, by day, I uh, work for the Calgary Hitman, and it's our 25th anniversary, and Bret Hart, I mean, I rack my brain all the time. I don't know of an equivalent, and I'm sure there is, but I don't know of an equivalent in North American sport where a name has been taken directly from somebody, hmm. you know, um, in, 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 in this case, professional wrestling, but and, and made the name of the team. How did the it Cleveland- isn't a historic. I mean, eventually this becomes historical, sure. How did the Cleveland Browns get their name? Was that, was that a person? Well, uh, I don't. But yeah, uh, but, but not uh, the second incarnation, right? That was no. historical. But not, yeah. So listen, I that you're right. I, there's certainly if there's one or two, there aren't many. Because when he when this team 25 years ago was named the Hitman, yeah, it was because the Hitman was, was absolutely in his prime. Yeah. So I don't know of another equivalent in sport, which I think is very unique and very cool. No, no, agreed. And part of the reason why we wanted to do something on November second yeah. to honor him. Um, my, all, my birthday as well. I well, think. part of it all just... <laughs> see, there were a million reasons to do it, and that was one of them. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's it, it, easy for us because we could do something for a cause that was so important yeah. to him, which is prostate cancer, and it obviously um, resonates with some of our fan base. But I'm not sure that what I thought we were going to do ended up being what happened. I thought it was far more, and I... I say this with a, a little bit of pride in my voice. I thought it was more magical than I expected it to be. I agree. And if nothing else, it... So I... Oh, we, we, this is going to be a whole podcast about wrestling. Um, well, not a whole podcast, but, but I we'll grew, see where it takes yeah, us first. I, I grew up in the 70s and 80s in St. Catharines, and right. we, we, we had two wrestling shows that I watched fairly regularly. One was the Mid-Atlantic Wrestling. I yeah. think it was out of North Carolina or something like that. Yeah. That was on a Buffalo station. And then we had Maple Leaf Wrestling. Maple Leaf Wrestling, yeah. So the, but the, like the Stampede Wrestling never, uh, I've, I've never seen it. So, except you, on YouTube. Right. Um, and we had heard of it right. in Southern Ontario. And sure. the odd wrestlers, you know, the wrestlers would do the circuit, right? Where they'd go from one company to the next, to the next, yeah. to the next. And this was, of course, all before the WWE and the WWF. Um, but w- what I... What I really kind of enjoyed about this opportunity that you allowed me to kind of piggyback on, I, I really didn't know about these other smaller wrestling troops and groups that existed even yeah. in our own backyard. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's awesome. And I didn't know it was there. And I don't think I would have known about it unless you had mentioned it to me and kind of uh, opened my eyes to it. And so I'm grateful that I now, because I, I, you know, I, I, you know, through the beauty of Twitter and stuff like that, I, I follow it now. Yeah. And I was sad that I wasn't able to be here on Saturday night to go see the remembrance match. 
It was at Cedarbury. It was Cedarbury Community, Community Center. Center. So yeah. with the PWA, the Prairie Wrestling yeah. Alliance, is the group that we got in touch with. What had happened was one of, actually a former salesperson here came in the summer and said, hey, Rob, could we do a, a wrestling game where people come dressed as wrestlers? And I said, absolutely, fantastic. Love the idea. And I said, but let's flesh this out a little bit. It's our 25th anniversary. You know, could we incorporate this into somehow honoring Brett? And then it became, well, then could we do wrestling matches afterwards? Because, of course you would. Why wouldn't you? Um, you know, <laughs> that's, why I made, that's why I made reference to you offline about being Bill Veck. Um, from the Chicago, it was Chicago White Sox, right? It was. The, oh was yeah, it, was it the White Sox when he had the? Absolutely, when he, he burned yeah, all the records out. Yeah, in the, the disco, disco. Yeah, disco records. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> disco must die. And uh, Bill, but Bill actually is. It's funny you say that. Bill was also part of the ownership group for the St. Paul Saints, who I hold up as the modern incarnation of the the you know the prototypical minor pro sports hmm. team that absolutely gets it. And now one of the things that we do. On Sundays with the costume shop here in Calgary, I po- pitched this to Ryan, who's you know a great guy, and it was a season ticket holder for the Hitman. And I said, you know, when you go to a, a St. Paul Saints game, all of their ushers are dressed up. Mm. They're all dressed as people out of history, Ben Franklin <laughs> and George Washington and everything like that. And like I loved it, and you know I'd love to do something like this. So now on Sundays, as part of our Ricky's Sunday Fun Day games, we have ushers and me dress up as different costumes. And this is Rick the head usher. This is the white... No, the white no Rick's not involved in this. Okay. Rick's, just, Rick's absolutely... Rick Talusi, who... Really, there's a podcast. You <laughs> want to do a podcast. I know we don't do a lot of guests, but we got to bring Rick in because okay. Rick is on a whole different level. So, no, Rick... But it's funny you mentioned Rick Talusi because... Uh, and a white... A mayor's white hat yeah. winner uh, for his customer service. He was the first guy I went to hmm. after I talked to Ryan, and, I, and Ryan said, well, why don't we try it? And I'm like, okay. And I go, <laughs> I go to Rick, one, our head usher, one of our head ushers, and I go, this is what I'm thinking. He goes, oh, they love it. And I'm like, really? Yeah, yeah, no, they love it. So then I went to head ushering, and we went. So now on Sundays, on Sunday fun days, uh, hmm. we have characters like well, we, we've done um, you did the 20s. Once, we, not yet. We haven't done superheroes yet. Hmm. We did fantasy, so I was dressed up as one of the three little pigs, the one with the house, the straw house. Um, oh, yeah, we did, you know, uh, uh, Harry Potter for wizarding and yep. things like that. But that's a Bill Vec, right? That's a Bill mm-hmm. Vec. And, uh, you know, Bill Vec, he does a couple things. One, a pig brings the ball out to the pitcher. So yep. they got a, a prize pig that they trained yep. to bring the ball out. But the one that I loved, and I don't know if they still do it, but they used to give a free year's college tuition if you lived in the outfield. So they would put a college student in the outfield. They'd live in a mobile home, which was incorporated into part of the outfield wall, and that their job was to take care of the field. They'd water the field, and they'd do all that. And if they made it through an entire Northern League season, which was three months, maybe two and a half months, they got a free year's tuition at a, at a university. And then they'd incorporate them. They'd, mm. you know, they'd get a sponsor, yep. and, and they'd announce it. And then you know, halfway through the season, the fans knew the guy's name or the gal's yep. name and everything. I love that kind of stuff. That, to me, that kind of schlocky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I know, love that stuff, too. You know, and they're also the ones that I've never seen it before. But it, uh, it's done at a lot of different places. Is uh, They do a, I think it's a fourth-inning stretch where the broadcasters, both the home radio and the visitor's radio, 
open up the broadcast booth and they toss peanuts to the fans, like bags of peanuts. <laughs> so the first, I did some Calgary Vipers games there, and my first game there, you know, knock, knock, middle of the third inning, guy comes in with a box of peanuts, and I go, what am I supposed to do with these? He goes, oh, you'll figure it out. <laughs> and then they did it. And now I think the Houston Astros do it. <laughs> Again, you've heard me say this a million times, and I believe this. There were six original ideas. Everything is an offshoot. Everything right. is scammed. So, yeah. yeah, so you're right. When we thought about, wow, we'll just do a wrestling match, never thinking of the consequences or what would go into yeah. it. And we found the PWA, and we made a connection, and, and they didn't hang up the phone when we told yeah. them we were about. And, um, you know, we went and saw them in August, went and saw them in mm-hmm. October. Um, you know, they were kind enough, and the wrestlers were into it enough to do some promos with us. And then, you know, we get to November 2nd, and, again, I come, keep coming back to it. It was just magical. Like, it was just so much fun. Wrestling, to your point, I grew up on Stampede Wrestling, watched it religiously, uh, must have been about 25 when I figured out, it, you know, there was an angle to it. Yeah. Um, but absolutely believed every second of it. And, um, you know, grew up on the British Bulldogs yeah. who started there. And, and yeah. you know, Ben Basrab and Owen Hart and Bret Hart and Keith Hart. And, I mean, I remember meeting Keith Hart. Um, my cousin and I went to a, a high school career fair in Calgary. Uh, I, uh, I came down from Edmonton and... Uh, it was at his high school, so we went, and his, his mom took us, and Keith Hart was there, and then they had f- uh, firefighter slash wrestler, so you, you wanted to learn, you wanted to be a firefighter, you could talk about that, or a wrestler, and I always thought Career that was day. really, yeah. Two options. And then I, you know, my radio days, I got to know Bruce Hart, and, um, you know, interviewed Bruce a bunch, and uh, just have all the time in the world for what it's meant to Calgary, the history mm-hmm. of it here, Ed Whalen, yeah. his, you know, it was just... Calgary was known worldwide, still is known worldwide for Stampede Wrestling. Mm-hmm. In, in terms of the wrestling world, people know, you know, guys like Chris Jericho, Lance Storm yeah. started here. Um, well, so, somebody suggested to me that Bret Hart might be the most famous Calgary athlete. Yeah, it was me. No, that was you that suggested I'm that. pretty sure. I Can you think of... Well, on an international level particularly, I, for, I couldn't think of another person. I mean, somebody's... I, uh, I'm not sure there's another... Calgarian. No, and that's where I would go. I, yeah. I take athlete out of it because now you're going to get into the world. They're not really uh, – well, forget uh, that okay. crap. But in terms of notable Calgarians, yeah. in terms of worldwide audience, influence, dude was male athlete of the year in Germany and India in the same year as a professional wrestler, yeah. right? Like their po- his popularity mm-hmm. is I, – I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm trying to think from a hockey player standpoint – you know, I think we lay claim to Taylor Hall. I think, um, you know, Danny Heatley. There's, you know, Mike Rogers. There's been some great yeah. hockey players. But I'm, on an international scale that crosses boundaries, and, and hockey is somewhat isolated to people that follow hockey. Sure. Um, whereas the, the wrestling, he, he was a pop star. He was, he was a pop star. He was an actor. Like, we've lost a little bit mm-hmm. of that time and that distance from his mm-hmm. height of popularity. But his height of popularity, yep. was, he burnt real bright for a yeah. real long time there in the yeah. 90s, right? Oh, yeah. And I'm trying, I, and I know in the world of politics, in the world of science, and all of those sort of things, yes, 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 and yes. But in terms of pop culture, yeah. he was on The Simpsons. Yeah, um, that's right. Oh, and, well, that's, that's the nada right there. I mean, if, yeah, if you're on The Simpsons, then that's the... Well, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, for that era... That was part of it. Yeah. And for us, we reaped the benefit of, mm-hmm. of that namesake, mm-hmm. right? 
and you know to do the the special jersey that night and um you know to and again to come back to that whole idea of professional wrestling kurt Sorok and the the promoter and his his band of merry men and women were yeah. so cool to be around and to be just privy to that world at that level Agreed. where you know I, I think what what would you say i would say 60% of that group, 70% of that group still on some level are trying to get to the next level, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure how many of them are have the dream of, quote-unquote, making it big or how many of them are looking at it similarly to a community theater group. Um, yeah. And, the, you know, they're just really you know, interested and yep. excited to, to be around like-minded people sure. doing something that they love. I, I really genuinely appreciated and enjoyed watching their camaraderie. Um, and that they, was the one thing that struck me. The too. love that they had for one another and the yeah. respect that they had for one another and just the, the real joy that they had in performing um, and showing, showing off what, what, what they could do. And, and they were excellent. Um, mm-hmm. as a, as a live spectacle, I, I, I was, I was blown away. I really enjoyed, uh, the spectacle of it. I enjoyed now again, I granted, I really, I like wrestling to begin with. So I guess I'm biased in that respect, but I thought I, it was classy. It was for wrestling. Um, it was clean. Yeah. Um, it was, but it was, but it was not tame. Um, cause it, it was interesting and I don't say that in a passive aggressive sort of way. Um, it was great. I, I loved it and I love being able to kind of peek behind the curtain. Um, that was the, and see, yeah. and, and again, just see them coming together. Like I, the, the fact that like at the end of the show or sorry, at the end of the hockey game and that, that brief few minutes in between where the game ended and we had to get the ring set up. And all the wrestlers were so excited to help get this ring set up. And, and they did it as a group, yep. as, a, yep. as a collective. And it was just kind of neat to see that grassroots, earthy joy of performance in sport. There, was, there were no egos. Um, there was certainly no sense of uh, bravado or you know, uh, being full of yourself, like, like they were just happy to be there, excited, uh, enthusiastic, um, and motivated to perform. I loved it. Yeah. I mean, the other part we were talking about Bret Hart. So, you know, just for the people that are listening, um, Rob had gave me the opportunity to kind of be the, the person who let people come onto the ring at the start of the game to get a picture taken. So we had. With so Hart. for those who weren't didn't don't know what we were talking about. So on November second, we had two rings at the dome. We had Bret Hart's ring, which was a gift from the WWF, which we set up on the concourse. And I still to this day want to thank our security and our ushering and everybody for letting with us the, do with it with the original turnbuckles. Like they had with the, the WWF, WWF turnbuckles. T- turnbuckles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what was neat was a couple of the wrestlers came in in the morning and helped us set it up. So the ring went up real quick. The ring went up within two hours. Cleaning it was a different story. It took us a while to vacuum it out. It had been in storage, but. You were there. You were really kind of the gatekeeper, as it were, because we did a, a, a kind of a by donation mm-hmm. picture opportunity with Brett before the game with to his raise belt. money for he the brought, He brought his heavyweight belt. Yeah. So you were there. You saw it. I mean, the, the lineup was insane. And, and what was awesome was the joie de vivre, like the, again, the, the genuine respect and excitement that the people had waiting in line 
to go see Bret Hart. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so going back to kind of some of your earlier comments about just the respect and his place within a Calgary context, it's real. And there's still a love there. Oh, yeah. Um, for him. And, you know, so I had, I had to explain to people that, you know, no autographs, no selfies, because we want to get through as many people as we can before he had to go drop the puck. So there yep. was a bit of a time crunch and the lineup was massive. And people were accommodating. They were respectful. They uh, were polite, but oh, they yeah. were genuinely grateful um, to have the opportunity to just get that picture taken yeah. uh, with someone that they just had a lot of respect for. It, it was neat. Mm-hmm. Um I'm so glad we did it uh, just for that unique opportunity. I wish we could have done it. I wish everybody could have been accommodated. That, you know, wasn't the case. But as you say, they they, they were good. They understood. Mm-hmm. And, and they, and they you know, listened, right? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it, it's funny. I always think of, you know, it's in November, so the Thanksgiving's coming up in the United States. And then, and then there, inevitably there's the, the Black Friday right. videos that come out and the craziness. Yeah. And then the Americans love to show kind of the videos of Canadians on Black Friday or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, everybody's just kind of walking in, shaking everybody's hands. There was very much a Canadian, yeah. you, you know what I mean? It was a mass of humanity yeah. that was incredibly polite yeah. and shook hands and just wanted that one moment yeah. with Brett. And it was fantastic. But the other thing, going back to the PWA guys, we then put them, and yeah, you were there for right. that, too. For the second and third intermission. Yeah. And, and we just said, hey, come up and get some pictures taken. And that was really cool to watch, too, yeah. wasn't it? Oh, and, and as, as, as groups of them. And, and, you know, the lineups were not clearly as long because people didn't know who they were. Right. But I think that opportunity actually created a lot of fans because they were so welcoming. Uh, they were so pleasant. Um, but it was good for to kids, too. Right, because kids just saw the size and the yeah. the, the show and yeah. the belts, and they had the belts up there, and the bad guys would you know scowl, <laughs> the good guys would smile, and everything. They played their roles perfectly. Yeah, uh, again, yeah, I was I was completely impressed. Yeah, they were a lot of fun. Um, then we did the four matches, and and the four matches were really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from start to finish, uh, you know, and again, this is a bit of a fanboy coming out of me. I was so honored that the PWA actually gave us a title change. The the, yeah. the tag team champions yeah. um, were were changed there, and and the local, the above average Joes from Calgary yep. won the titles back against against the t- oh, the two guys who wore the, the league, the Saskatoon. Oh, the yeah. league. So, that's right. You wore the Saskatoon blazers. So we got we, coming out. They're yeah. supposed to be a bad. They're supposed yeah. to be the bad guys from Saskatchewan. So we wore they wore blazers jerseys and. Sus- Saskatoon had just won that game, yep. too, by one goal. So the fans soaked that up. And then the above-average shows, we gave them Hitman jerseys. They came out in those. It was just so neat. And the league played, again, the the, the 1980s wrestling shtick to a T. Absolutely. Um, with the taunting, the manager in his, in his bright, bright pink suit. suit. Yeah. He was fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. In his again, the commentating, yes. the the, the yeah. you know the slip on the ice that he did. There was the the young lady who was the yeah. Uh, I don't I, I, Morgan. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I don't, I don't. She wasn't the manager per se. I guess she was just the. <laughs> the, the what were they? Uh, valets. The valet. Val, right. Okay. To use the eighties well, like, terminology. So Miss she was a Miss, a, Miss Elizabeth, the macho, yeah, right. the macho man, yeah, Randy yeah, Savage. Yeah. Um, again, I it just it just took me back to a time um, that I. Think very fondly. It was very stampedish for me. Mm. Like the, the the good guys were always in peril, and yeah. you, you hated it when the bad yeah. guys won, right? And and we got that title change, so the the fans and 
credit the Hitman fan. A lot stayed. Like, it was a big crowd. Yeah. And the wrestlers loved it. Yeah. And they were into it. One of the things, as I mentioned, it's a little inside baseball, but so we're in the Dome. The Hitman have lost the game. So for the team and the coaches, a little sour. Like, you know, you don't like to lose a hockey game. And Steve Hamilton, the head coach of the Hitman, told me a couple days later, he said it was crazy because we're in the coach's room and we're kind of pissed off because we lost. But you could hear this noise and people banging their feet and everything, and they were into it. And it was, it was kind of hard not to smile because yeah. the fans were really – and I, that's where I want to get to eventually is to talk about the fan of this. But, you know, three other matches and then the mm-hmm. Battle Royal. And I, I got to participate in the Battle Royal, which was really cool. You, you actually you, – you would define that as participating? I got to go into the <laughs> ring, and I was the first one out. Um, but what was neat about that? Don't hey, don't get me wrong, because I am I am so jealous. But what was neat about uh. that for me was they 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 included me. Yeah, I didn't ask. You know, I had done mm. some run up, and yeah. pretty hard for us to ask an 18, 19 year old hockey player to right. you know why don't you have a stick broken over your back? Why don't you yeah. get slapped at a press conference? Yeah. I was happy to do that. If I had one role for this hockey club, yeah. it was to do that. Take one but, for the team. Uh, but, you know, and the, the whole thing built to Brian McGratton, formerly yes. of the Flames, yep. being a special enforcer yep. and, you know. And again, was, that like, like including him in the storyline and the backstory, too, that you did with having the stick broken over you at a previous match yeah. at the Cedar Bray Community Center, I thought was brilliant. I loved, loved that video and you you know, claiming to just be a middle manager yes, and how, yes. how absolutely shocked and ticked off you were. that. And I have friends, you know. Yeah, exactly. You've <laughs> right. got some big friends like Brian McGrath. Um And then I love the finish of the, the, the final match where, you know, they use Bret Hart's famous move. The, yeah, the, the sharpshooter. Sharp yeah. Um, like, again, it was great homage to him. And, and, he, and you know, he was there, and you could see him off to the distance watching. And I think really feeling good about himself and the the legacy that he has yeah. and still has um ha, you know had and, and still has insofar as people just enjoying themselves and and mm-hmm. what's wrong with that uh well that's what i want to talk about because you know this podcast allows us and affords us many things but what is it about it because i work in you know i've worked in professional sport you know for most of my adult life now and even with the Hitman, you know, your ticketed events and, and I've covered them and I've been around them. Um, you've, you've worked in sport at yeah. different levels. Th- there's nothing that compares to that world of professional wrestling because <laughs> immediately you have to turn off your disbelief. And immediately you have to say, I understand what this is, yeah. but I want to be yeah. part of it, right? Yeah, I, I, I choose to enjoy this. Right. Um, I choose to... Uh, not stress about um, the exactness of it. Correct. I choose to just sit back, relax, and be very zen. Yeah. <laughs> and I find that funny that I'm using the term zen as watching wrestling. But I, I, think, I think that's part of the beauty of it, um, in that people have to uh, put, set aside their, you know, the, the stresses of the day yep. and just enjoy the moment. I'm into this. I want to do this. I want this is what I want to be part of. Mm-hmm. Um, I I made this comparison, and I don't say this in any cavalier f- fashion. 
two events that have now stuck with me. One was post-2004 when the Calgary Flames lost in seven games to the Tampa Bay Lightning. The city organized a, a rally for yep. the team afterwards down at Olympic Plaza, and I got to be part of it. And to, to this day, that's the biggest crowd. I, I think it had to be 30,000 people down there, <laughs> all told, plus on television. And I addressed them for... I thought it was like a half hour. It was like 30 seconds. And, you know, my big thing was I got to acknowledge the car flags and people wave their car right. flags. But I, that was the only time I ever felt like, you know, on this big stage, kind of a rock star appearance, hmm. right? Where, you know, everybody's cheering. Every, they didn't know who I was, didn't care, but we were all there for the same thing. And then on October 5th, when I went to the Cedar Bray uh, Community Center to introduce the matches, to announce the fourth matches, and, and eventually I got jumped there. Um, <laughs> but I remember looking and waiting for them to introduce me and, and being really nervous, like, hmm. how is this going to go? Yeah. Like, what are they going to think of this? Yeah. And as soon as they called my name and I came out and, and the kids all rushed up to the front of the railing and stuck their hands out to get high-fived, and it's like, all right, this is cool. So I went around and I high-fived the kids. Now there was a couple of parents that didn't put their hands out and they're kind of laughing. Sure. Okay, fair enough. And I get into the ring and they are living and dying with everything you say yeah. and then you know i i said you know it's it's bret hart and we all know bret hart was the best there is and then they took over right <laughs> and they're hanging on everything i'm saying and i'm going this is awesome like i've done so many mc so many events where people are talking in the back or yeah. you know you're looking and they don't know who you are so their arms yeah. are crossed this wasn't that at all and it, the crowd was and and when we did the angle they they got mad at the right time <laughs> and they were sympathetic at the right yeah. time and everything and and you go this is so cool cuz they don't need to do this you know when they come to the dome the home team makes them mm -hmm. mad they let the home team make them mad you mm -hmm. know they you, you go home mad you go to a wrestling event i guess you get emotional but at some point you kind of check in and say i'm part of this club well i think i think what wrestling does is it harkens back to i don't maybe it's in I don't know, an innate desire for us to have stories and for yes. us to... Simple entertainment. Yeah, and, and the basic story of good versus evil. I mean, yeah. the, you know, the whole yeah. premise of Star Wars, right? Yeah. And I, but wrestling does that in a very easy, digestible, you know, very consumable way yeah. um, that doesn't have a lot of innuendo or complications that are unnecessary. It just, it's very basic, and I think that's part of the beauty of it. Why does it exist today, though? And and in that, I mean, it's almost hit another growth again. Mm. There's a big yeah. new company with two new television deals. Yeah. And and this is the time of cynicism. This is the time of social yeah. media. This is the time of, of woke culture. Yet it almost seems like this throwback entertainment yeah. is having a renaissance. Well, I think perhaps because of what I've just spoken about and that innate need for us to suspend disbelief and yeah. just have a, a genuine kind of core storyline right. of good versus evil and hopefully that the good, you know, always wins out in the end and that there's, you know, bumps along the way and there's going to be challenges and that ultimately, you know, you know, the, the pure will overtake the evil. Right. And I, and maybe, maybe we've overcomplicated things. Um, I think so. With our storytelling yeah. and, you know, even our, our politics now. And, and, and so people are just happy to sit back and 
just enjoy the the simplicity. Are you surprised? Are you surprised that that this seems to be the one form of entertainment? At least, let's talk North American or specifically yeah. American, in which politics really hasn't been brought in in this time. If you look back to Hulk Hogan's first reign, who did he beat? He beat the Iron Sheik, yeah. the, the Iranian, and then the Russian, you know, Nikolai Volkov That's was right. there. There was very much that East yeah. versus West. And as you're talking about it, it strikes me as I'm wondering if this is kind of a repudiation of where we're at right now, because there's no big orange haired you know, that's that, like that, that, that's a really interesting point. And actually, where I got a little turned off of wrestling was probably in the late 1990s, early 2000s, when I found it was becoming far too sexist um, and yep. misogynistic. Yeah. And and the and the politics had had gone way beyond what I thought was appropriate. Right. Now, I don't know if that was a sign of me, dare I say, maturing or whether it yeah, yeah. There actually was yeah, a yeah. change. I, I don't know. But yet. I think wrestling has responded to that, and you don't see the the political insinuations. You don't see. I mean, listen, it it, it would be hard to say that it's still not a sexist. Um, it's portrayal. got some work to but do, but yeah, I would also argue that they're making headway. I, it was only just recently when WrestleMania when they had uh, females With wrestling as the main event headline, um, yeah. and so I think I think steps have been taken to be more. Right. Uh, reflective of the society that we're living in now. It, again, it's not, I'm, by, by no means am I suggesting that it's perfect. But perhaps that's part of its attraction now is that it's moved away from the geopolitics. Mm-hmm. It's moved away from the ethnic cultural um, displays as far as us versus them. And it really is just the, I don't want to say the weird, but the, like, like it, it, it just has angry athletic people against nice athletic people um, kind mm-hmm. of in its most purest and basic of form. Yeah. Uh, and that seems to me to be the way that they're positioning it. it and, and I think the other part too is, is I think the athleticism has improved. So they've gone away from the giant steroid, but maybe that's again, just a yep. symptom of the, of the changing times um, from the Hulk Hogan's, the Brutus beefcakes yep. um, from the big slow lumbering, the guys. slow lumbering guys yeah. to more, athletic, acrobatic, entertaining style. And, and, I, w- and I would say that, and, and I might be misguided on this a bit or biased, but I would say Brett had a role to play in that too. That Brett was kind of that guy that now he defeated Ric Flair, so Rick was not a, you know, a big giant like Hulk Hogan or... Right. You know, but but, if I, but that yeah. kind of shifted and changed that you didn't need to be... And I think if I recall reading, reading Bret Hart's biography, is he made the... He recognized that he was chosen to be the champion in part because of the steroid era, right. and Vince McMahon not wanting right. uh, to or wanting to have someone who was perhaps relatively smaller right. um, and more athletic and acrobatic. And so maybe perhaps that was the you know if we were to do the revisionist history of wrestling, that was the the genesis of that of that change. I I, I tell you, it's not a topic that I thought we. <laughs> but at, it was it was but I knew clearly, we were going, we clearly were going it's one to of our favorites November 2nd because it was <laughs> it was just so much fun and to me it was getting back to the rink and just having fun and smiles and the smiles that night yeah. there was just so many smiles old young yeah didn't matter the wrestlers you talked about it before like just to kind of watch their camaraderie mm. and and how close they were mm. as a group and how they celebrated everybody's Personal victories, yeah. you know, the successes of inside the ring. It was just a lot of fun. It yeah. was cool to share it with you because uh, and it was your birthday. But <laughs> just to, to see 
you know, what mm-hmm. we do in the, but to see it mm-hmm. through your eyes and, and everything. And you still took maybe the coolest video I've ever seen shot on a phone too, <laughs> uh, with Mr. Blaze jumping off the side. Jumping over top of me from the top of the Zamboni. I'm sure, you know, we were talking earlier about risk management. I am sure the people here, um, from a risk management perspective, we're not thrilled. We're going to plead the fifth on that one. I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. And you know what? In fairness, it might be a good way to end because I got to tell you, I certainly learned nothing and we've solved nothing here. Agreed.